the main event. Episode 2. Let's go. Creator, web designer, all the really good stuff. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the main event. It's uh, Friday, March 16th, and we're just catching up. It's been a little week since I got my first video out, and I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, you know, I say this a lot um, in person and, uh, and online and stuff, but it really is a labor of love, you know. Um, I I front the money for my website and for my media storage and all that kind of stuff. And to have you guys uh, take the time out and listen to me and give me a chance to uh, entertain and uh, give you guys some meaningful conversation. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. In fact, uh, you know, I, I talk about that and I and I, I asked if it would be okay. But actually, um, I put a donation link on my page. Honestly, I didn't expect anybody to give me any money. I got $5. I'm so happy about that $5. I'm humble too, because you don't have to give me anything. Um, this is completely free to you. Uh, whether you give me a dime or 10 million, um, it doesn't matter because I do this because I love it. I think it's a good thing. It gives me a little outlet. So it's my, it's my little hobby for something to do. Um, but, um, I got a uh, I got a donation of five dollars, and I'm telling you, it came across my PayPal, came across my phone. I'm like, oh wow, I made it! Somebody gave me money. Um, actually, the young lady gave me money, Lacrista Pool. Uh, so, for uh, full disclosure, me and Lacrista used to date um, some time ago and stuff. Um, so, I, I really just bring that out there to let you know that if we've ever dated before, you can give me money. I think we've. We, we ended on good terms. They were mutual terms. Either you thought I was an asshole. I thought you, I mean, it, they were probably mutual. I don't want you thinking to yourself, man, I'm married now. I got kids and stuff. I don't want to know your husband would not mind one bit if you gave me some of his money. He wouldn't mind. I'm telling you. I, I would talk to him, but, you know, that's your house. You figure that out. But no, really, <laughs> thank you for the support, for everybody that subscribed, that downloaded stuff. Uh, I get to track some analytics on my website. And, um, I was really happy, <laughs> you know, a day after the episode went out. Cause I'm like, man, the best month on my website that I got hits was like 77 views. Um, and all of the last year, cause I didn't really do anything last year. With website. I just wanted to, uh, hold the, uh, hold the website. Cause I didn't want it going anywhere and somebody else saying, Hey, I want, you know, I want this name and stuff. I got like uh, a total of like 200 views, like 201 views all last year for 2017. The month of March, 
Um, we've got over 200 views. And like I say, thank you. Uh, I don't care if it's just to be nosy. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate every bit of it. If you're downloading just to see what's, you know, what's he popping off about this week, that's fine. It is a great thing. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about a, a couple of things today. Um, I'm trying to keep this episode um, to my time constraint today. I went a little bit over last time. Um, but, you know, so let me go ahead and tell you, I want to go ahead and get to it because there's some things I want to talk about. And I think if I don't give them enough time, I don't get to flesh them out. And, I, and, and that's kind of the point of this is that we get to sit and talk and I get to flesh some things out. Uh, so we're going to talk about the students that walked, uh, that protested on Wednesday. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that protest. You know, I touched on Parkland last uh, episode and, uh, <clears throat> and gun control. And um, then we're also going to talk about um, rape culture and the Me Too movement. Um, and I might throw a little extra something in there in between to kind of segue in and out of stuff. Um, you know, let me do some housekeeping. So last episode, I was talking to a guy. He's like, hey, man. Uh, that thing you were talking about, the perception, talking about the wedding photo. So really and truly, that's a real story. And all the stories I'm going to tell you, these are real stories. I'm going to tell you another story today. And you're going to be like, uh, you're a fool. And yeah, I am. And like I said, I like to pick up my <laughs> pick up myself and stuff. But that's not the funny part of the story. The funny part of the story is is that, you know, so I am like 18, 19 year, years old. And this lady was a little bit older than I was. And uh, so this is back in the day. I had a pager. You know, so I got the number, and I'm like, you know, you know she pages me. And I, you know, I, I stop at a, a a pay phone, and <clears throat> you know, I get her address, and I eventually end up over her house and stuff. And it's uh, it's kind of late at night, and it was <laughs> it was the silliest thing to me because seriously, we sat there, and she, uh, we were like, uh, kind of heavy petting, which is like a high school thing, and you know, she's like, hey, look, you know, it's really first night you've been over my house. We can't do anything. I'm like, hey, that's not a problem. So it's like literally sometime in the morning, like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. I go home, take a nap, come back over to the house, and uh, she lets me sleep with her. Um, <laughs> it was technically not the first time I had been in her house, and it was uh, more than 24 hours of being together. So uh, I don't know. It made her feel good. So just just know uh, you're true for your time loops or, or, or whatever they are. But the funny part of the story is, is like, so I'm over her house and, uh, I'm not even sure I knew she had children. Well, I found out the next day and I, and to this day, I couldn't really tell you why I reacted the way I did, but I woke up in the morning and as kids do, they tend to come get into bed with their parents and she came and got into bed. I didn't feel like getting to bed, but I woke up and there's a little girl's arm across me and she was laying in the middle of the bed between me and her mom and I completely like silently freaked out I'm like oh my god 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 there's a kid here there's a kid here there's a kid here yo I melted like butter out of that bed I kind of slid to the edge of the bed and I slid down to the floor and I'm sitting there <laughs> got my clothes on the side of the bed so I'm on the floor you know scooching into my pants and put my shirt on and stuff and try to get my shoes on and stuff because I'm like I really had this like fight or flee kind of thing come over like yo I ain't supposed to be here there's something missed you know da, 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 da. and I turned and I little crawl out of her bedroom uh you can just picture a 6'4 dude just 
on, on, on his elbows, scooching out, sneaking out of this room and stuff. And I little crawled all the way through our living room to the front door. Now, even I'm not really sure why I continued to little crawl because there was nobody in the living room. I could have easily gotten up and, <laughs> and walked out of the room straight. But for whatever reason, I thought it was best that I continue to little crawl. But when I got to the front door, I got to the front door and I jet to my my dad's Bonneville because I had my dad's car. I wasn't supposed to be out on that with my dad's car, so there was something else, another complication there. But I was like, oh, I got to go, I got to go. And, like, as I'm backing out of the driveway, I see her walk out to the porch, and she's got her both her hands up with the, you know, what the F? And I'm like, I don't know. I got to go. Um, we never talked again. I'm not really sure why. I actually did see her years later after I was in the Air Force. I saw her at a club. I wasn't sure if she recognized me, but I, I saw I saw her out. And I thought, oh, my God, there she is. And she kept right on going. So I don't know. Uh, would, be, would be the first time that I'd be occurred in my life. And uh, I'm pretty sure it probably won't be the last. Uh, one of the things I did want to do is, uh, so I keep telling you guys that, I'm going to uh, incorporate you guys into the show and stuff. So I'm going to have a live portion of the show. And in fact, I just hit, I'm on Instagram right now. Uh, this episode is coming out later. So you got no prior warning, no prior warning that this would be on uh, Instagram live. And Hey, I just got it on right now. So if you, if, if you perchance uh, saw this, uh, I know it's Friday afternoon. It's two o'clock and people are thinking about going home and stuff. So, uh, you may or may not, uh, have an opportunity to join in on this, this week. I'll let you guys know. That's one of the things I'm trying to figure out. Um, I have joint custody with my girls and, uh, Monday and Tuesday is a uh, mom's day. And so I'm thinking about really coming out on Tuesdays. I like Friday. So the reason I like Friday is because by the end of the week, a lot of stuff has happened and I almost hate to wait. Um, to the following, you know, Tuesday, Tuesday schedule, but Tuesday is like a day for me that I know that I have a, a, a quiet house and I can sit and uh, uh, record shows and stuff. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, like I say, I got the, uh, got the Instagram going. There's no, it's, you know, be surprised. There's no one on right now. And that's another thing about the Tuesdays. I can do a Tuesday evening is, uh, when more people are available instead of me trying to, you know, uh, hack one together. I wanted to get one out, another episode out. It's uh, It's been a little a week since I put the last one out. I've been in a class and uh, doing some other things, but uh, uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to go ahead and uh, uh, I'm going to leave the Instagram on, but I'm just going to go ahead and roll into my stuff for today. Uh, so this past Wednesday was National Walkout Day uh, at high schools and junior highs uh, across the nation and stuff. And it was really in uh, response to the stuff that we talked about last week with Parkland and gun violence and uh, gun control. And it was also as a memorial to uh, the 17 people that lost their lives uh, during the Parkland incident. And uh, believe me, um, I was really, really uh, proud to see uh, our young people um, mobilizing and coming together and being able to uh, have a voice. Um, I was talking to my daughters who are eight and seven, and uh, I asked them, I said, hey, you guys are 
like walking out and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so, you know, we talked, I talked with them, uh, about it cause I thought it was important even if they were not going to be walking out and the, for them to know what was going on and why people do. And, you know, as I explained to them, you know, when you have your single voice, um, you, it's hard to be heard. And, uh, Hey, Angie Pedro, good to see you. <laughs> Join on the Instagram. Um, middle of shooting one of my uh, podcasts, brother. Um, so what we're talking about was, uh, uh, the kids walking out and stuff. And so, um, I told my daughters, I said, you know, when you have that one single voice, it's hard to be heard. And that's why, um, you, and, and you may be wrong a lot of times if it's just you singularly talking about something, but when we have problems in this country and stuff, that's one of our American rights is that we get to get together and we get to protest and we get to say, Hey, this is how I feel about a certain thing. Uh, this is, um, this isn't right and drawing uh, comparisons to our history it's really what we were founded on <laughs> you, you tell chief I love him and uh, when am I going to get to drive chief one um, but the the thing about a country that's so great you know I gave my kids a little history I said I don't know if you guys have talked about them uh, American history much, I said, but you know, we are a, uh, a country found on patriots and revolutionaries. Um, you know, the 13 original colonies, we were, uh, getting taxed, um, but we were not getting represented by, uh, British. We we're just colonies and stuff. And we didn't really have a say in what was going on and stuff. And so because of that, um, you know, we as Americans thought, Hey, look, we don't have to put up with that. And so one of the things that we love, we love our history and we talk about the Boston Tea Party and we talk about the uh, American Revolution and we talk about what's going on today. Um, We talk about um, a lot of good things in our history and that are based on us saying that it doesn't matter how long that's been going on or what your thoughts are, we don't agree with that. And like I say, we have a revolutionary spirit. So to see those kids mobilize on Wednesday and walk out of um, their high schools and stuff, you know, that was a big deal. Those guys and those gals, young people who, by the way, you know, a lot of people are trying to like dismiss them and stuff. I understand those kids will be voting by 2020, next presidential election. That's the next generation. Those kids will be voting. Uh, so those are our next group of voters and stuff. And to see that kind of stuff, that kind of organization, I remember when I was in high school, I can't remember what it was about. We, we walked out. There was some stuff going on in Charlotte and we had to walk out and stuff. <laughs> and it was nothing like, uh, what happened around the country. There was some, it was just peaceful protests that happened around the country. Ours just kind of got out of hand. The police showed up. It kind of got wild. Um, and like I say, 20 years later, I have no idea what it was even about. Uh, but this kind of stuff, this kind of stuff is important. It's important to see, um, our kids uh, want to be active. A lot of people are talking about, you know, oh, they're trying to make this political. Yeah, actually, yeah, it is. Um, you know, that's that's our right. That's our thing is that we make uh, a lot of our, our wants and needs, especially when we're talking about changing laws and stuff like that, that we have good organization from our kids and stuff. I hope that's what we want from our kids, that, that we have um, politically minded uh, generation coming up 
that's paying attention, that's not paying, that's paying more attention to what's going on in politics than what's going on in social media and what's going on American Idol on TV and stuff. I hope that's what we want. Um, a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of people are just like, man, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's important for people to understand that when we're talking about peaceful protest, um, so whether it's the national walkout, um, whether you agree with this statement or not, whether it's Black Lives Matter, because there are a lot of peaceful stuff. I, I, I want to say, because there's a lot of people, oh, there's violence and stuff. Uh, every time a sports team wins a championship, a cop car gets burnt and turned over and stuff. Um, I don't particularly think that uh, when that was going on with Ohio State, uh, when it happens in Cleveland, when they had to grease the poles in Philadelphia this year to make sure people didn't tear down poles and stuff, also the place to beat up Santa Claus, um, that you have you associate uh, those teams with that kind of stuff. So, because it doesn't matter, there's just people out there who will take advantage of any situation they can get. They just will. They'll take advantage of it. Um, they will sit there and they will, uh, they will try to fit into a crowd so they can vandalize, uh, so that they can steal, uh, so they can cause mayhem stuff. It doesn't have to be what, um, is the main purpose of the march or the movement and stuff. And so I don't think that you throw out a whole protest or whole movement uh, based on a couple people. If that was the case, then we'd have to get rid of Christianity because there are extremists out there. Uh, I, you know, there are extremists in most religions, uh, whether it be Muslim, um, you know, just for examples. Um, <clears throat> you know, when the, the Tea Party started back in the late uh, 2000s, you know, yeah, there's some extreme people in that too. So I just think it's dangerous to say, hey, I saw a couple people not behaving or not acting right. And therefore, I believe that uh, that movement is evil or wrong or whatever. And I just don't generally agree. Man, the, the same people who are causing trouble uh, last week are causing trouble this week. Um, so I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, annually we have a uh, historically black colleges have their uh, their basketball tournament, uh, CIAA, and it's funny how the media reports things uh, when there are things that happen during CIAA weekend for the week of the tournament. A lot of people like to try to put that back onto the tournament. Oh, you know, CIAA was in town and. There were three arrests, and you know some police officers were accosted. Those officers were going to be accosted um, <laughs> whether it was this week or next week. Uh, it's like I told some of the guys that I was working with at the guard. I was like, man, uh, the real fans, they're alumni. They're college graduates. They've come back just like the ACC tournament or whatever tournament. Uh, it's local to you, SEC, whatever, Big Ten. Um, and they are focused on supporting their uh, alumni. Uh, they are focused on trying to see their team win championships. CIAA is a little different beast because there's a 
extra party life that goes on with it. And there are a lot of day parties and, uh, it's a, it's a real big social event, um, uh, for the culture. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of people and a lot of things happen that weekend that are not sponsored, uh, by CIAA. They're not official things. They're just other people. It's the same people that come to Charlotte every weekend looking for trouble. Uh, it's just that there's more people there and there's more opportunity. Um, and so, you know, and, you know, anytime you draw big crowds and stuff, there's always people looking for, um, things to do. Uh, I'm a motorcycle rider. I've been riding motorcycles since I was, uh, 24 and, um, uh, I'm 42 now and going down to bike week. Um, even before I was going to bike week, I knew of people who went down there just to steal motorcycles. That was their entire weekend. Just how many motorcycles can they steal in a uh, four or five day period? Uh, just going down there, taking motorcycles and stuff. Uh, there's there's always bad bad people and stuff. So um, you just have to kind of cut that out and look past that and and try to hear what the message is. Uh, I will tell people this: um, if you think that there's an issue with peaceful protest, history says that you're on the wrong side. It just does. Uh, for everybody, you know, last month was Martin Luther King's birthday. Um, excuse me, uh, January uh, with Martin Luther King, and a lot of people out there making quotes for King and stuff like that. And, oh, he was such a great leader and stuff. Uh, actually, if you look historically during the time when King was alive, most people thought he was a threat. And so it's interesting now to hear people um, who, <laughs> when he was alive, had nothing good to say about him using King quotes, uh, on that day or any other day, really. Um, now I'll be the first one to say, I give you room to change. I give you breath, um, to say, Hey, I was wrong. And that was a long time ago. And that, and that was a different me. Hell, I'm not the same dude. I was last week. Um, <laughs> much less the dude I was 20 years ago. Uh, a lot of things have changed. Um, so, but you, you look at a guy and you think to yourself now in 2018, Oh, Dr. King, Dr. King, there's a perfect example of people, um, a lot of your parents, a lot of your grandparents who did not like King. Um, they thought he was uppity, they thought he was starting trouble. They thought that there was a status quo that he was messing with and there was nothing wrong with it. And they didn't know what he was talking about. And he just needed to be quiet. Um, so um, don't believe this narrative going on today. That oh no everybody loved King no no his his personal approval rating was horrible in the United States um, among black people absolutely uh, but the rest of the United States that were they were not behind King you know I, I think I might have mentioned in the last podcast you know uh, a lot of things socially have changed you know when young ladies in the South and I hear in the North uh, when <laughs> young ladies got pregnant they came south and in the South they went north and uh, somebody came back with a a cousin and mom was raising the baby and stuff because they were way, way too young to raise the baby. Socially, a lot of those things have changed. There are young girls out there and they're getting uh, baby showers and stuff and people are accept, accepting this stuff. When I was growing up, that, that was not a norm. Um, you know, now uh, the LGBT community uh, and that movement and, you know, again, when I was younger, 
Uh, I remember going to church and that was an easy audience, easy demographic to pick on and beat up on. And pastors did it every Sunday. They would pick on that. And history tells me those people on the wrong side. Uh, so whether it's the kids protesting, whether it's, um, and I'm real briefly going to get into this, whether it's the NFL players protesting, you're on the wrong side of history. You can you can think whatever you want, but I'm just going to tell you right now, you're wrong. Um, history will look back and go, I don't know what everybody, what were they upset about? Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, a guy I work with, and I think a lot of, and, uh, you know, he's very upset. I'm not watching the NFL. You know, these guys uh, kneeling through the, the anthem, uh, you know, it's, it's so disrespectful to the military and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I'm a 20 year vet and I don't feel disrespected. Or are you speaking for you, the authority to speak for everyone in the military, uh, number one. And then, uh, number two, I kind of thought we fought for freedom and that's part of freedom said, you know, and I, I believe there's a Supreme court case, uh, that ruled that you could not be forced to stand for the anthem or sing uh, the anthem uh, because as we lived back in the day uh, knocking on people, that was Nazi stuff. That's North Korea stuff where you don't get a choice. You throw your hand up or, or you're not a patriot and if you're not a patriot, then there's some bad things going to happen to you. Uh, that's not what this country was founded on. This country was founded on being able to take a stand or in that case, take a knee Um and, you know, one of his big points was, uh, well, that he had to do it during the anthem. I go, well, we'd be talking about it if he didn't. Now, I'll tell you right now, um, number one, um, as we talk about the NFL, um, I, I believe, well, number one, uh, congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles on the Super Bowl win. Um, I'm not an Eagles fan anymore. I, I was back in the day before Charlotte got his own team. I'm a diehard Panthers fan. Uh, and, um, uh, but, you know, hey, good ups. Uh, Eagles actually came to Charlotte this year and beat up on my Panthers. And uh, that should have been my first sign that our season wasn't going to go right. But uh, I really do. Uh, I love the NFL. I love, I, I love watching games. I love watching my Panthers play. Um, and I'm like, I'm going to continue to watch because it's so funny because the NFL on both sides is getting hit on both sides because there were people that were upset because the players were kneeling and I'm not going to watch. And then there were people upset because, well, Colin Kaepernick isn't playing, and I'm not going to watch. And I don't think that they're doing enough to protect the players who are protesting. So there were just people on both sides of the issue who were really just real passionate about uh, they're not supporting until they see uh, what they want to see uh, out of uh, these protests and stuff. The thing I, I, I tried to get, there were a couple of good points, but one of the points I wanted to make my, about the, the, the kneeling and the national anthem was, one, it was peaceful protest. Uh, two, you kind of got to get out of your feelings about some things because if your thought is, is that because I feel disrespected, I can't hear what you're protesting about, uh, when it's actually a pretty good thing um, because we... <laughs> We, we become a nation of hypocrites. Um, and I could give you a million and one examples. And it's on both sides. It's not, uh, if you talk politically, it's not Republicans and Democrats. I feel safe. I'll just stay there. 
I, I told you it's not a political podcast, but I feel safe just using those terms because I don't want to uh, <laughs> I don't want to drill into demographics and stuff. But whether it's Republicans that feel this way about this and Democrats that feel this way about that, uh, we we've really turned into a nation of hypocrites because when whatever we see fits what we want, then we're behind it and it doesn't matter. And because of the digital age, we're able to go back and see on record what guys stood for and what guys thought were good ideas at one point that they don't think are good ideas now. Um, you know, at one point, um, Democrats were talking about, hey, how dare you be disrespectful to the president? You know, and there were a lot of people, a lot of Republicans who were real disrespectful. Um, and they were, and, and some things were just disrespectful. Some things were racist. They really were. When you compare a black man to a, to an ape, that's racist. If, and, you know, if you need the racist guy book, I mean, holler at me, I'll, I'll let you know. Um, uh, but that's it, you know, uh, and if you don't know the background, uh, being called monkeys and stuff like that, and you got pictures of president Obama look like monkeys and stuff, um, that was disrespectful. And they're like, Oh, we don't care. Cause that's not my president. You flip it to the day and people are talking about Donald Trump and now Republicans are fenced. And they're like, oh, that's the office of the president. You got to respect the office. The same people that said that didn't respect the office uh, two years ago, but now suddenly, because it fits their narrative, they respect it. And the same people who thought democratically, who thought that they were being disrespectful to President Trump are the same ones making, uh, calling him Cheeto and uh, all these names and, you know, he's this and he's that and he's doing this, he's doing that. And I'm, I'm just saying, you know, don't be hypocritical. Either you respect the office, no matter who wins it. And that's the thing that's happening is that we, we, we're developing a nation of sore losers because when it's not my guy winning, I don't care what the rules are. I'll just do what I want to do. And that's just not the way to be. You know, uh, you, you don't, you, you stand firm in what you believe. If it's not right to talk about children, if you don't want to talk about Trump's kids, but you were talking about Obama's kids, you're wrong. Uh, if you just want to talk about kids in general, you don't care. Then, I mean, you're still wrong, but at least you're consistently wrong. Um, my problem is the hypocritical, uh, the the people who are really just being tone deaf, really, uh, and not hearing some of the things. You know, you could use example after example. I was looking at this thing the other day, and it was talking about if anybody can remember when President Obama, or he was a senator at the time, he's talking about, I'd open dialect with uh, any guys, you know, not just our allies, but, you know, he's talking about Syria. He's talking about North Korea and stuff like that. And they went in, Oh, he just, he, he'll talk to anybody. I don't know how you can think about him talking to, uh, those, these mad men would be a great idea. You can't, they can't be trusted and stuff. Uh, flip to, to, you know, just a couple of weeks ago and Trump announces that he wants to talk to the leader of North Korea. And, oh, my God, you know, I literally heard somebody say, if this goes good, he should get the peace, the Nobel Peace Prize. Hey, look, I'll tell you right now, I thought it was a good idea uh, back when President Obama said it. I think it's a great idea uh, for President Trump because uh, the, the idea for like this podcast is not to be divisive. Divisive is to um, have a open dialect and be able to talk to people and bring people together. That's what the goal is. And if you're the leader of the free world, that should be your job. Your goal is, yes, I want to talk to this guy because I think 
I was told a long time ago, it's easy to blow somebody off uh, that you've never met, that you never sat down and had a beer with, that you never had a conversation with, that you never traded some stories with and stuff. Easy to blow that guy off. Easy. Every time, all the time. Um, but, you know, just to kind of wrap up that undercard a little bit, uh, the, the kids in Parkland, you know, it's history. You know, we're allowed to protest and stuff. And shame on you if you if you've got something negative to say about these kids who are basically talking about, I want the environment that I work, that I am in uh, for eight hours a day to be safe. That's all it was. We want to, we want to show some respect to some people. And, you know, so it doesn't really matter what your point is on gun control. Um, in fact, if you really like guns, like I like guns, uh, then you understand that the reason you have guns is because you want to be safe. These kids simply want to be safe. Now, what the solution is, is that more uh, guards and schools and stuff? Man, I don't know. Uh, I just run a podcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't answer the big questions and stuff. Uh, I'm not your guy for that because, uh, honestly, if you're <laughs> talking to me and stuff, I've had all kinds of strange things happen to me in my life, and um, <laughs> I'm not the one for solutions because if you want to follow my line of thinking of things, let me tell you the story. So one day I told him I'm a motorcycle guy. I've been riding motorcycles since I was like 24. I actually wanted to ride earlier than that when I first got into the Air Force. You know, I had a little bit of money in my pocket. I was living on the dorms and stuff, but I never did because, you know, I kind of respected motorcycles. I see people with road rash and I know who I am. I'm not, I'm not the best judge, judgment guy. Uh, I wasn't, you know, I've gotten a lot better with, with age because I didn't kill myself, but I've almost tried to a couple of times and here's one of them. So I'm actually in Charlotte. And uh, I'm on my motorcycle, and I'm sitting at a red light. And uh, so I'm sitting there, and a van pulls up beside me. And it is a van full of women. I don't know if they were softball players. I don't know if they were volleyball players. I don't know if this was a chess team. But they were blonde. They were brunettes. Uh, there was dark skin, light skin. There might be some Asian. I have no. It was a van full of women and stuff. And they pull up beside me, and the windows are down, and they are going crazy. They're, oh, Mr. Motorcycle Man, Mr. Motorcycle Man. And I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is how pornos start. Um, and I am convinced, convinced, and I'm not really overstating this. I am convinced at this point uh, I'm going to sleep with every woman in a van. It's like an 18-pack van. There might be 15 women in there. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I got this. Um, if you don't know, you, know, you can check my credentials. Uh, but I'm like, I'm really so I'm sitting there and I, I pull on my brake and I hit the gas and stuff and I start burning my tire off and stuff. Oh, they are going wild. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. It is crazy. And I'm like, yes, sir, yes, sir. And I can see the lights about to turn green. So I think to myself, I need to pop this wheelie. I'm going to ride this wheelie out. Uh, I'm going to pull the bike over and stuff and I'm going to get in the van. And I'm going to make uh, a dream come true for these young ladies. They have never seen, because they're, they're going crazy. They're going crazy. I'm convinced it's because they want me. Uh, I got my helmet on. They can't see me. It doesn't matter. I got a motorcycle. Everybody knows you're cool if you got a motorcycle and stuff. So I'm sitting there. Uh, but the thing that I thought to myself was, oh, you know what? What I cannot do is get a little bunny. That's like a little small three or five inches off the ground pulling up your front wheel. I said, I've got to get my wheel up. I need a good angle, you know, at least like a 60-degree angle coming up and uh so what i decided to do was with my right hand uh, i had my normal placement on the uh grip and stuff but i decided to reach under uh to roll my hand over 
and reach under because I wanted to make sure when that light turned green, I was going to have all of the throttle in my hand. I was going to rip it back. I was riding a Honda 9, uh, 959. Um, and uh, <laughs> that light turned green and on cue, I ripped it. Uh, so what I didn't understand was, is that I had so much throttle. Uh, I went to a 12 o'clock position. I was looking at the sky, which wouldn't have been a bad thing had I been anticipating for that. Um, but what happened was is that, um, uh, instead of being in a position to look around the front end of my bike and stuff, I was literally looking up into the sky as I was rocking it down the street. And I'm sure if I would look back, I'd have looked in uh, my rear view. I could have seen the girls. They'd have been going crazy. They probably at this point ripped their shirts off. They were, they were in a frenzy. Uh, they were pouring coconut oil on each other and stuff. And they were just smacking each other around and stuff. And, oh, I mean, you know, trying to, you know, who's going first. I want them. You want them. I want them. We'll take them all together and stuff. They didn't my mind. Um, unless they had been close enough to hear me because if they'd have heard me, what they would have heard was this. As I screamed going down the street uh, at increasing speeds, uh, doing the front wheel about 60 miles an hour, and I couldn't see. And uh, anybody's road bikes and stuff, uh, you use your back brake, um, help slow down, let your momentum and ease down and stuff. And uh, because I wasn't really anticipating that kind of wheelie, uh, you can just imagine like me trying to, with my right foot, looking for the brake, trying to help myself out and stuff. And I, you can't just let off the throttle uh, because the bike will just slam. You know, I didn't want it slamming back into the ground and throwing me off and hurting me and stuff. But I'm I'm going. I don't know how long I'm going. You know how things kind of get distorted when, you, when you're in a panic and stuff. And I was definitely in a panic. I am still screaming. Now, I'm telling you the story, but in, in the story, I am still screaming during this whole thing. Very loudly in my helmet, looking straight at the sky as my bike is 12 o'clock in the air going down the road and stuff. And I finally get the back pedal, and I finally let off and stuff, and I get the bike down. I kind of, you know, bounce it a couple times, and I pull off. I make a right onto a side street, then I make a left and a right and a left and a right, and I go deep into this neighborhood, and I pull over to this curb, and, I, and you know, I got my kickstand down. <laughs> I turn my bike off, <laughs> and I am shaking like a leaf. <laughs> and I said, there, I sit on, I sit on the curb and stuff, and I pull my helmet off, and I am crying. I'm crying tears. I just, I, just, I, just, I couldn't even talk. I was crying so hard. Literally tears cut by. I was just so happy to be alive. And I was trying to go down these back streets and stuff because I didn't want anybody to see me sitting by my bike crying and stuff. It took me a while. I don't know how I got home. Uh, that damn thing scared the shit out of me. Um, but, you know, it's kind of crazy because you sit there and I go, how did I even get to the mentality that that was a possibility in my life that just because I was a man and there were women there and they like motorcycles and they were just screaming and stuff that they want to have sex with me because everyone wants to have sex with a man. If you don't know, uh, Charlemagne, the God, uh, he, uh, is one of the hosts on the breakfast club. He used to work for Wendy Williams. Uh, he's actually a brother from South Carolina. Uh, so salute to my man, Charlemagne, the God, and so back in November, I was driving back from California, back to North Carolina and stuff. And a lot of the Me Too movement and stuff had come out. And uh, Charlemagne likes to do what he calls a donkey today. He uh, he he picks somebody that has done something really stupid and he gives them the biggest hee-haw 
of Donkey of the Day. And on this particular day, uh, he gave it to himself. And he gave it to himself because he was talking about an issue that I'd never even thought about as a grown man all these years and stuff. I got two little girls, never even crossed my mind what was going on. I just want to play you a little clip, and uh, you can tell me. It's the donkey of the day. That's pretty funny. Charlemagne the Devil? Yes, Donkey of the Day for Friday, November 10th goes to me, Charlemagne the God. Now, the reason it's going to me is because I consider myself a pretty thoughtful guy. I pay attention to what's going on in the world for the most part, but something has hit me over the past year or so, and it's been heavy on my spirit all week, and if you listen to my podcast, The Brilliant Idiot, you may have heard me speak on it yesterday, but I want to speak about it here on The Breakfast Club, and I want to talk to y'all about it. I feel like intellectually and morally, America is declining as a society. I feel like people aren't being morally honest anymore. Moral moral honesty to me is regardless of what you believe, regardless of your regardless of your religion, regardless of your political party, you are able to call something right or wrong with no bias. Okay, for example, you know, if you're a white military veteran and you love America, but when you see people taking a knee during the national anthem, and then when you are told why are they why they are doing it doing it because of the injustice that African Americans are facing in this country at the hands of the police, if you are morally honest with yourself, you will say, I understand. Even if you don't agree with the way they are protesting, you understand why they are protesting. That's being morally honest, okay? Being morally dishonest is acting like they are just being disrespectful to the military and disregarding the flag because they hate America. Now, why am I giving myself donkey today? Because I feel stupid that I am just now realizing that a lot of us men in America have been raised on rape culture. Now, the first time I heard the term rape culture, I was like, what is rape culture? Either you rape a woman or you don't, but as I have learned what rape culture is, let me read the definition for you. Uh, Rape culture is a sociological concept used to describe a setting in which rape is pervasive and normalized due to society's attitudes about gender and sexuality. Rape culture is perpetuated through the use of misogynistic language and the objectification of women's bodies and the glamorization of sexual violence. My brothers, if we are being morally honest with ourselves, if you are a certain age like I am, you was born in the late 70s or 80s or... Hell, older than that, you were absolutely, positively raised on rape culture. I feel bad and extremely dumb that I didn't realize this earlier in my life. I don't care if it was Freaknik, Miami Memorial Weekend, Myrtle Beach Black Biker Weekend. It was never normal to feel like you can grab a woman's ass just because Mm -hmm. it's fat and she's got on biker shorts with Daisy Dukes. It was never normal to grab a woman's breast just because, you know, you saw in Dr. Dre's Nothing But a G-Thing video when the girl was playing volleyball and they ran up behind her and pulled her bikini top off. If you ever mimicked that kind of behavior, it wasn't normal, okay? If you are in a fraternity and you ever had women come over and you got them high and got them drunk, you know, that whole ain't no fun if the homies can't have none mentality. You and the rest of your frat ran a train on the girl. My brothers, that wasn't normal. It was rape culture, okay? Movies like uh, Revenge of the Nerds and Kids. Remember those where guys would have sex with passed out women or dress up as other people in order to trick the woman to have sex with them? That was rape culture. Remember Porky's? Remember sneaking up late to watch Porky's where they was drilling holes in the wall and peeping at the girls? I got homeboys in college who would be hitting chicks from the back and then another homeboy would come in and start hitting the chick from the back without asking her consent when we would get drunk and high with women and they would get inebriated and then we would sleep with them. I'm sorry, my brothers. All of that was rape culture. Hell, I look at some of the things I used to say to women in interviews here on The Breakfast Club, and I'm like, bruh, you was wild. Mm-hmm. So when I see all of these sexual allegations coming out over the past couple of years from Bill Cosby to Harvey Weinstein to Louis C.K., I don't know if it's because I'm older, 
But I'm looking at them like, why is this type of pervasion been normalized? And I think it's because a lot of brothers don't think they're doing anything wrong because it's been a common theme in our lives for way too long. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm actually listening to women more and not having these discussions about rape culture with guys. Because that's what we do as men. We start having conversations about rape culture with each other. That's why we don't learn anything. And it's so normalized to us that we make excuses about why we do what we do, uh, have done what we've done, that that's where the whole victim-blaming thing comes into play. And, you know, there's just no excuse. It's not about what the woman wore or what time she was at your house. It's all about accountability. We are in the age of accountability. And if we are being personally accountable and being morally honest, we just have to admit that we were raised on rape culture. And it was wrong. Okay, we were absolutely, we are absolutely in, a, in the age of accountability. And if you're not holding yourself personally accountable, the universe will hold you accountable. Because we see all these people who have been doing dirt in the dark all these years being brought to the light. And I would just encourage everyone to start being morally honest and just admit we were raised on this pervasive rape culture. But we can unlearn all the BS we have learned and make things better moving forward. And it's not like people haven't been trying to tell us this for years. We just haven't been listening, okay? I, I was once part of the problem, but now I want to be part of the solution. And the first step to that solution is recognizing that you can't heal what we don't reveal. And what we need to reveal and be morally honest about as men is that a lot of us men in America were raised on rape culture, okay? And I truly feel stupid, okay, for not coming to that realization sooner. So please give Charlemagne the God the biggest hee please. So, you know, I uh, so I'm driving back across the country and I hear that and it strikes a chord with me because I'm thinking to myself, wow, how have I never seen this? Why is it now that my eyes are kind of open and hopefully this kind of opens your eyes a little bit um, that when we talk about rape culture, we're not talking about, you know, people just raping people, but where you allow certain things to happen and it becomes normalized to the point that we don't even question it anymore. Uh, one of the things in the military, um, especially in the last couple of years, it's always kind of been there, but in the last couple of years, they really turned up the whole thing uh, about this. And even then, with all the training in the military, it's been lots of money sending me to training and stuff. And I was like, I don't rate people. Um, I don't even, you know, woman tells me, no, I just want to move on with my day and stuff. And that's not the point. The point is, is that our culture has allowed for those guys to fit in those guys we know those guys and we're always shocked and surprised like man i didn't know that i uh i talked to this uh young lady while i was stationed in dover her name was uh candace and candace was complaining to me one day about guys finding a good guy and stuff i was like you know i'm tired of hearing that because like i don't like i'm stationed with good guys and she was like, really? I was like, yeah, they're good guys. I have no idea what you're talking about. You can't find a good man. She was like, have you ever dated them? I was like, no, I've never dated them. She's like, well, that's what it is. And when you're talking about this stuff and you people that you know, nobody walks around with a shirt that says, I beat my wife. Or I like to uh, get women inebriated so I can take advantage of them. Or even I beat my kids. You know, nobody walks around saying all these things about themselves that are derogatory um, even if it's true about them, you know, people hide that kind of stuff. You never know who you're talking to. You really just never know. And so when we're talking about the Me Too movement and what's going on today, um, you know, salute to all the women uh, who are coming forward and who are once again on the right side of history by saying, hey, we're ha we've had enough of this 
It's been way too pervasive. I was a young boy. I remember Porky's. I thought it was a great movie. As soon as I thought about it, you know, as an older man with two kids and stuff, two girls, yo, that <laughs> that was foul. I mean, uh, we like to try to normalize it in and say, well, you know, she chose him at the end. Nah, he raped her, dude. Um, the, the scene where he goes in a bouncy house with a mask on and he's pretending to be her boyfriend and stuff like that, that's rape. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know another way to say it. And the, the fact that uh, there's people out here still trying to defend that kind of behavior and stuff. Um, it's crazy to me. Uh, it really goes back into the first conversation about um, the walking out, whether it's about that or kneeling or any of these social things that are going on and stuff. A lot of times the answer is, well, it's just been going on for a while and I don't see what the problem is. And if you're a guy, I can see why you don't see what the problem is because you don't have to do anything about it. Um, and you go, well, you know, mama never said, you know, Hey, look, if you're talking about grandma and great grandma, um, who maybe we were some semi abusive relationships cause it was, you know, somebody said the other day, you know, I remember when it was all right to put your hands on a woman, dude, that's fucked up. Um, <laughs> what? Um, and I, and I know now, like I was talking to a guy the other day and he was like, well, I, I don't even know what you're supposed to say to a woman. I was like, hello. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's it. Well, you know, you have to be, uh, you know, I, I had on my Twitter and I put this out on Twitter. I was like, uh, you have to be persistent because women play hard to get is a male created lie to justify harassment. She said no the first time and meant it. There are millions of other women in the world. So take your L and move on quietly, young man. If a woman says, no, I, I don't want to go out. Um, Okay, I mean, this is not uh, the 1600s where you only expected to go 10 miles in your in your entire life. There's all kind of apps. There's there's scenes. There's 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 all kind of social things going on. If a particular woman tells you no, um, move on, young man. Just move on. There, there's no there's no reason to be persistent about that. That's a lie that your your brothers told you. No, nah, they don't know what they want. No, they absolutely know what they want. You know, there are a lot of women out there who underdress themselves so they don't get any attention from men when they go out. All they want to do is get their groceries or go shopping and stuff in peace. And they will wear scarves and sweatpants and stuff. And one of my big stains, you hear guys out there, hey, mom, why aren't you smiling? Probably because you're like the 50th dude today to say something to her. And all she wanted to do was go get some school supplies for her kids. She didn't want to be bothered. You know, so if you can hear the sound of my voice, and I'm going to wrap this thing up, but if you can hear the sound of my voice, if you don't take anything else away from me today, uh, understand that uh, as long as you condone that stuff, you allow the culture to continue because you don't understand. Um, I used to tell my ex-wife, you know, well, I don't understand this, I don't understand that. I said, well, you get in a car every day, you don't understand combustion. Uh, everything doesn't require your complete understanding of it for it to be true or for it to be factual and stuff. And that really goes to everything we're talking about today. Well, I don't understand uh, what these kids are worried about. It doesn't matter. They're worried about it. And it's a real thing. Uh, and once again, I talked about last time, you can talk about numbers and stats and stuff like that. And when somebody's close to you, all of a sudden your, your views change and stuff. Instead of being hypocrites in this country, let's show a little bit more empathy in this country. Um, so we leading people, uh, I think you got to have both those qualities. I, th I think you got to stand firm for something. 
and understand that simply because you've been doing it for years doesn't mean that it's a that's a, a good reason to continue. Um, there's always room for improvement. Always. There's no such thing as perfection out there. There's nobody that's just, just doing it perfect, just killing it every time. Um, and so there's there's room for it, and there's room within yourself for that kind of um, that growth and stuff. Don't be stagnant. Um, Gary Vee, who I love a lot, uh, he says, that, and I've been saying it for years too, um, you're going to die. And I don't mean that in an overshadowing, depressive kind of way, but you are. And when we talk about that, you need to talk about legacy. What did you stand for? That's what people don't remember. People are not going to remember your shoes. They're not going to remember the couch you bought or how big your TV was. Uh, they may remember that you had a really nice car. They, I mean, you know, but how for how long? What people remember um, when we talk about guys like King, um, we were talking about earlier, who celebrated stuff, they remember their ideals and the things they stood for. So uh, for this week, episode number two, remember what you stand for. Be a leader. Love each other. Life short. Uh, if you're listening to this and you stuck with me the whole 50 minutes, and I know it's like 45 plus or minus. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. This is another episode of the main event. Uh, hit me up in the likes and comments. Remember to subscribe, like, share. Thank you so very much um, for the downloads, uh, for the feedback and stuff. Um, Aaron Wilbur, uh, you caught me in the hallway and I told you I was going to do some research. So I am about that uh, topic that you wanted and that'll be on our next episode and stuff. But until next time, Hey, look, this has been the main event with your main man, Jermaine Parker. Hey, enjoy your weekend. Mm -hmm.